On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we react to Stephen A. reacting about Jimmy G. reacting on Trey Lance. We dive into the Raiders' 53-man roster, why Max Crosby is turning into Max Crosby 2.0, and will Soto now buy a number four jersey? And we love you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags, RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Uh, Broadcasting live from Paris. Live. Live. I was going to make some, uh, you know, some Paris jokes like, well, you know, there's a civil war in Paris who would surrender first. I haven't showered in a week just so I can fit in. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take those low blows on the fine French people because I didn't think I'd like Paris. City's awesome. You like cheese and toast. I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah, they have cheese and toast everywhere. But here it's just like high quality. You know what I mean? Like I've been doing nothing but feeding my face. Like I haven't been hungry once. And yet I don't feel like bloated and like lethargic and shitty because you don't fill their food full of fillers and preservatives. It's like real natural food. So you just like eat your face off and still feel like a normal human. Like I take like four dumps a day. Like every every little uh, little snack that you eat comes with sliced tomatoes. A lot of tomatoes, a lot of cheese, a lot yeah. of bread. Yeah. Oils, olive oils. That's more powder. Italy. So is that, is that, are, are you in are you in gay Paris or are you gay in Paris? Uh Perrier? Perrier? <laughs> One of those two. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pun in there somewhere. But yeah, having a great time. Great parties. Everyone speaks English. People aren't assholes, like I've been told. All the stereotyping I've been doing of the French have been has been wrong. Which is good to know. That's why you uh you learn things like that. Just 10 days away. My balls are so full. From week one. We are at 10. We're at the last double digit until Raiders Broncos in week one kickoff. So this is like a regular week. Like if we would have played on Thursday and then we play the following Sunday, it's the same amount of time. It's like a regular week. It's the regular season. Yeah. If you squint your eyes, we're in the regular season. As you're watching this, in one in seven days, there's going to be a professional football regular season game. Next Thursday. Not a football-like substance. No. Not a 53-man roster release. Mother deal. Real American professional football. And it never feels more real than when the Raiders 53-man roster is released, which it just did on Tuesday, like every single other team. They had to go down from 90 to 53. In our case, 54, because Josh Jacobs is – you know, that kind just of influx just signing his thing. So technically we get it, we get a freebie. Hey, the, we get a, we get an extra one. We're lucky. Uh, want to go position by position. Do you want to go the cut list first? Uh, let's do the cut list first. Let's do the cut we'll list go, first. We'll go, uh, we'll end uh, start strong with the actual we'll, team. We'll look at the have nots before we go to the haves. All right. So here's the cut list. Uh, for those who listen on the podcast, apologies, but I spent, uh, at least 17 seconds on Photoshop making this the cut list of all the players that were uh, waived, released, all the situations. And um, 
There were a couple uh, surprises, a couple um, – damn, I wish we could have kept him, but I get why, you know. What, were, what stands out the most to you? Uh, the couple that stand out a lot just because of the – of how – I mean, honestly, how they played. And, but I understand. Keelan Cole, Philip Dorsett, they, they played pretty well. Um, in the preseason, again, it was twos and twos and threes and all that stuff. It wasn't what we saw, like, let's say, ones versus ones in, like, a joint practice or anything like that. But that stood out a little bit. Um, I'd say Philip Dorsett's the best overall player we let go. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's weird because he's in the receiver room, which is our deepest room. But he's the fastest guy in that room. And we have a receiver room that kind of could use some speed. Like some, we don't have like a, he's like the best flat out guy. I don't know that he's faster than Trey Tucker, dude. He might be. I mean, he might not be. I mean, he's anyway, he's close. And he's also kind of big. Like he's a tall speedster too. He's a little bigger. And we have a smaller receiving room. So it's kind of, so it's weird because he's like arguably the best over, like you just give like a grade, right? Like he's a, you know, an 82 or whatever, he's probably the highest guy we cut, yeah. but in a position we need the last, least. Yeah, he signed, with the, he signed with the Broncos. We We're going to see him in week one. Yeah, signed with the Broncos right away, which is no surprise. And also, you know, the the, um, the practice squad hasn't come out yet either, so hopefully we can get, you know, a good handful of these guys. But anyway, yeah, Philip Dorsett, I think, is the most, probably the best guy we waived. Yeah, um, I mean – Drake Thomas, the way he played in the preseason. Really strong preseason. Yeah. Uh, he signed 20 with, combined uh, tackles. He's he's he signed with Seattle. Mm. Um I mean Duke Shelley was given a good amount of money to come over from uh from Minnesota just to not make the team. Yep. Damian Williams played really well. I think he signed on with somebody as well. Um other than that, I mean, I could see why these guys didn't make it. I'm surprised we cut Sam Webb, not because he's super good, because like when you're a starter for us for so many, you know, an X number of games last season, and then you don't even make, you won't even be like worthy of a potential backup. A little surprising. Kind of, I guess that kind of applies to Alex Bars as well, where it's like we didn't, you know, he was the weak link on that chain, but we're really low on guard. And he has all, what, started 13 games or something, and now doesn't even make the team. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the guard position. I think there's like one backup guard. So that can't be that can't be permanent. There has to be they have to have some sort of guard plan in the future. But we won't be tempted <laughs> to grab them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's grabbing Alex Bars. And that's the other thing too is like strategically, you want to be able to let guys go where you think, okay, we know no, we want this guy on the practice squad, but we know no one's going to pick him up in waivers. So there's that strategery as well, right? We're like, look, we. We'd like to keep this guy around for depth, but we have no concern someone's going to swoop him up so we can just squirrel him away on a 16-squad practice squad. And how many times are you going to be able to, like, put a guy on, like, you know, injured reserve mm-hmm. for the season, right? Yeah. Like Wagner. Uh, all right. So let's go through uh, the depth charts. Um, no big surprises at quarterback, right? Starter, two backups, keeping Hoyer. And Chase is going to be – Chase got let go. Yeah. I uh, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have hated putting um, Hoyer, like cutting him, 
and keeping him on the practice squad because and keeping that extra um, position just because no one else is going to take him. Uh, the Patriots, you know I mean? but the Patriots would have. I know the Patriots are. You see, they only have one quarterback on their roster right now. That's why they would have done it, and that's this is the that's the exact guy. Uh, him or like like let's say Colt McCoy, that type of guy. They, and well, but I mean, but Hoyer knows their offense. He was there last season, so um, yeah. you know it's a different offense with with Bill O'Brien. But still, he was there and he knows the personnel and everything. So they would have swooped him up in a second. Is there? If there's if there's no better example of why quarterbacks have long careers, why quarterbacks get paid so much, why like the rules bend for quarterbacks. Than when there's like a like positional jockeying battle for Brian Hoyer. <laughs> that's like when that's like a thing where it's like, all right, guys, we gotta we gotta keep him because we need him. Cause when there's like strategery to make sure you keep Brian Hoyer, that shows you what quarterback means in this league. Yeah, that's that's, that's how important the position is for sure. Yeah. Uh running back, Josh Jacobs is back a baby. Backups uh White Abdullah Bolden. Cut sincere McCormick, who played pretty well, Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, and then Britton Brown's on IR. Hmm. It, it, kind of what expected. I mean, I, I was if they had kept one more, maybe, but you, you don't really need to keep that many running backs. Well, like, and, and throw like, and throw Jakob Johnson in there at fullback. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said last year. Last year we had okay. one more running back that we kept. But we kept one less linebacker, and I said it's it's pretty much the same position. It's like the last linebacker or the last running back. They they play the same special teams position basically. And this season we kept one more linebacker than we did last year, but we kept one less running back. So again, it's the same position, uh, basically the 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 special teams guy. Brenton Brown just hanging around by a thread, just hanging on a thread there on IR. Hair on his uh, balls. I mean, this running back crew, like, as much as McDaniels wants to do a running back by committee, this does not seem like a running back committee running it back isn't. group. It's going to be Jacobs the whole time. Like, unless Zamir White can learn to, like, pass block better and be better in the backfield or, like, pitching catches in the backfield, like, maybe he can cut into, like, third down snaps. Other than that, it's – like, he's not cutting into Jacobs' carries. Like, this is – Not at all. I mean, look, we, we heard a lot of good things about – Zamir White during um, joint practices about him busting out big runs and this and that. And uh, possibly because he didn't have the first string offensive line blocking for him, uh, but he didn't look like he was uh, very fluid in his running style. He was a, like a, a, a masher, right? And he wasn't going to make a lot of people miss and he wasn't going to get a lot of yards after contact. So if you're going to be a bowling ball like that, you better be able to get yards after contact. He seems to, like I said, just like uh, Darren McFadden, he went limp on contact. Like he got gets hit, and that's where he gets that's where he gets taken down. But I feel like I feel like the Raiders, because look, he is a good like power back, but they had him mostly running like zone re, like zone, where that's not his forte. So it made me think that like McDaniel's is like, all right, let's see how you do in a running style that's not your own, and he didn't do well. So he's like, okay, we've pigeonholed ourselves into you know, you're this running back. Like, this is what you do, right? Power, ISO, like, okay, that's what you're doing. Because these zone reads, that's not you, – you can't do it. So it's, you know, he's more – he's he's kind of pigeonholed. Now that he's, like, not a, 
a back that can play, but it's like, okay, you can only play this. Only do certain things, yeah. You can only do certain things. Uh, wide receiver, the golden gem of our roster. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, our starters, Trey Tucker, DeAndre Carter, Christian Wilkerson making it on the 53. Philip Dorsett, like we mentioned, cut. Keelan Cole cut. Cam Sims, Chris Lacey. It's, it, it, it's a little, I wouldn't say surprising. It's a little bit of an eye-opener. But, um, you know, he balled out at the last game. And uh, like I was saying at the, in the post-game show, that game was showcasing guys who were going to get cut or position battles towards the end, you know, of the season. He had, what, like 10 catches for 122 yards or something like that? Yeah. So he showed he can get open. Um, you know, he, he played uh, with, uh, the, I think, with the Patriots a couple years ago. So he's an, another pay, ex-Patriot. Uh, expat. Expat, you know, where, where uh, you know, the brass is comfortable with them. They, they, they've seen him perform. And, uh, I mean, the lack of, like, a big receiver is a little bit of a concern to most. But, I mean, I don't know that this offense really has had big receivers in it uh, to be able to function well. You know, I don't think that's, like, like this kind of offense. Yeah, it's going to be Devontae and tight ends doing the the big body moves. Um, Tucker and Carter can also return punts and kicks, which helps. But, yeah, I feel like that was the big question. Who's making it, Wilkerson or Dorsett? And they went with the younger guy, which we'll see how it pans out. Uh, tight ends, Michael Mayer, Austin Hooper, Jesper Hort said, the only question is do they keep a fourth because Cole Fotheringham played so well? Uh, apparently not good enough. Fotheringham and John Samuel Shanker got shanked. Off the list. Damn. And Horst is a better blocker. So I guess that's kind of what they were thinking, right? Like you got the super deep receiver room, the better receiving tight end. You'd rather have the better blocking tight ends. Makes sense. The big question is um, how much time does Hooper play versus Mayer, right? Like there's going to be some clear growing pains. And like we mentioned, Michael Mayer, when you're not, he wasn't the most dynamic tight end in the draft but he was the best overall and so when you're not dynamic even in college i think you've really got some slowing some growing pains in the nfl like to be like, wow these guys are fast like i can't i can't just lean on my athleticism i gotta start really learning getting my technique down and everything i think that takes time so yeah. it wouldn't shock me if hooper gets more snaps than mayor in the first half of the season but obviously the future's with uh notre dame boy yeah futures with mayor it's it's going to be like a Jason Witten type of thing, mm-hmm. not super athletic, but you know knows how to get open, smart. Uh, Witten was a uh, a better blocker coming out of ten- I think Tennessee went to Tennessee, uh, but we'll see, man. He, he's he had a, I mean, granted he was going against Max Crosby most of the time yeah. when he was getting eaten up in practice. I don't so it's a up. good it's a good test to be able to go against somebody who's you know that hard to block. Uh, but yeah, man, he got his shit pushed in by Max in, in practice, like consistently. So we'll see how, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't back off. He kept getting the extra reps and stuff. So hopefully Mary learned from that and uh, it helps his blocking. Cause that's honestly, he has, he has the hands. He has that. We, we talked about it when we drafted him. He has that wig, a little bit of a wiggle uh, to be able to make a little bit of separation. Even if he doesn't get separation, he knows how to catch in traffic, a lot of his catches were contested catches. So he's got good hands, good concentration, which is what you're looking for in a tight end, tight spaces. 
it's going to be the blocking. If he can block, the more the better he can block, the better he can pass protect and and run block. The more the more play he's going to get. O line, Colt Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James, Greg Everton, Jermaine Illuminor, Dale Mumford Jr. And we're not sure like who's like starting ish between Illuminor Mumford, but they're both on the roster. And then Justin Huron, Jordan Meredith, only eight O linemen keeping. For the silver and black, Alex Bars, McClendon Curtis, Natimuti, Vitaly German, uh, and Grasu all cut. Dalton Wagner on the IR. I mean, look, you have Meredith is a swing guy. He can play guard or center. You have Illuminor who can play tackle or guard. Thayer Mumford who can play tackle or guard. So I mean, you have more guards than just two. Uh, but they're going with flex. They're going with the flex appeal, and they're going with guys that they trust. And uh, I think this year they have a little bit clearer view on who's going to be playing more often and who's going to be able to, to have the specific roles that they're going to have. So they, there's no need for an extra lineman, I don't think, this year because it was a little bit weird to get a ninth lineman. Normally, you don't get a ninth lineman on a squad. Usually, it is about eight. Uh, but I, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, no one's picking up bars. We can squirrel them away on the practice squad. Um, I think I'd Curtis st- made. It, I think Curtis made it to the practice squad as well. I uh, I am worried about guard depth. I know you aren't, but it's a lot of like guys that like can as opposed to do well. And you're gonna assume, you know, and and Joshua Jones has talked about this a lot. Like, look, injuries. You know, knock on wood, but injuries always happen in the O line. You're not looking at your starting five. You're looking at your starting eight, basically, to get through the entire season. But it is doing what we've talked about a million times, right? Continuity. Continuity. Basically, all they would replace bars with Enron, and it's more or less the same line as last year, which is what they've always been preaching. And yeah, Van Ron is a better. He's a better run blocker. He's got a little bit more of a mean streak in him. Been around ten years. He's the one old dude on the on the squad, right? He's the one. He's like the old guy that's still like the can still hang with the young guys, right? The grizzled vet. Uh, D line Max Crosby, Bilal Nichols, Jerry Tiller, Chandler Jones. No shockers there. Backups loaded room Tyree Wilson, Byron Young, Malcolm Coons, Adam Butler, John Jenkins, Nistajid, Silveria on the roster. Cut Rochelle, Costin, Aga, Butler, Plant, Tarlis, and Willis. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's a lot of D tackles they kept. I think they like a lot of the guys to kind of be fluid. I, I, I expect us to do like a lot of hockey changes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep a, a lot of fresh guys in there. I think we learned a little bit from last season what happens when you keep your top end guys in too long. You know, the end of the games, we uh, we just don't get that 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 pop. You know, that snap uh, off the line. It's just guys are tired. You know, so um, I, I was a little concerned only having four defensive ends. You know, uh, what well, Max, Jones, Wilson, Matt, yeah, yeah. There's only four. And we had like what six defensive tackles? No, we have we have uh, yeah six. six yeah, that's, that's a lot. I I mean, maybe the way they're going to run their system, they're going to you know be able to float guys back and forth. But um, interior, we just need that push up the middle, man. And I I, I I'm assuming that we're going to play Tyree Wilson a little bit, you know, maybe like a four technique to be over a guard and. Uh, well, I, f- I feel like the because no one stands out at defensive tackle, it's exactly like you said. It's like if none of you guys are going to be great, you're at least going to be fresh. 
So we're just going to rotate. Yeah, just give us what you got Dude, while you're in there. Yeah. Whereas like if Crosby Jones or Wilson isn't on the field, something's wrong, you know, yeah. like you're not there's no, you don't rotate out Max Crosby. <laughs> like Dude, he okay, plays every like now and then he needs 90% a ninety percent of the snaps. It's crazy. yeah, like he's like and, and Jones is Chandler's paid so much and you need to build Tyree Wilson along. It's like uh you know, again, knock on wood, you want injury depth as always, but that's not the game plan. You're not rotating out Crosby, you're rotating out the rest of the defensive tackles. So I guess that's why there's six. Yeah, makes sense. Um also, of course, we've got to talk about uh Neil Farrell Jr. getting traded to the Chiefs. Interdivision trade. Uh, he was our fourth round pick last year, and he's traded for a sixth round pick. Um, I guess we we're forced to call him a flop. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call him a flop. I just think that uh, he didn't separate himself from the rest of the group. He didn't make himself indispensable. But look, it's arguably the worst group on the team, and we kept six of them, and he couldn't be one of the six. Like that's. Well, it's not like it's not like it's not like he did. It's not like Philip Dorsett, where you didn't make it on the Raiders' wide receiver squad, which is their strength. You couldn't make one of the weaker spots, and you're so young. You're thinking, okay, we can still develop this guy. He can still potentially be something. I mean, it it, it could it could show that, or it can show just how good like Jade Silvera did. Some of the younger guys, like Butler, he's only been in the league a few years. Yeah. Um, well, like he's he, he didn't separate himself from anyone else, right? He just he's just a jag, he's just a guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he had some because he's so young, he's he he, has, he does have that rookie contract. He was able to get you know something back in return. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a flop. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I've heard I read a lot of kind of backlash about oh, you know the. The, the the draft last year is is uh, is terrible and this and I think we can get get into that later. I think that's a little bit overblown. I think uh, we we got a little bit spoiled with Max Crosby and and Hunter Renfro late in the draft that we think that like all these guys can can uh, can play and become Pro Bowlers and stuff like that. Not necessarily the case. If you can't make it to year two on the team that drafted you at the team's weaker position. And like, not only does he not good enough to play this season, they also don't think okay he can develop into something. Like that's that's pretty floppy. But, but look, cut the, your that's, losses. That, that's that's one way to look at it. But you're, you're you're dismissing the other side. It's not that he can't do well. It's we have other players that can do what he's doing, and he can get us something back in return. Can the other guys get us something back in return? Maybe, maybe not. It all depends on the body type, how he plays, what he's good at what the Chiefs were looking for in a player. There's a lot of things going into it than him being a flop. There's multiple factors, but he's a flop. Like, he lasted as long as Leatherwood. <laughs> he lasted as long as Leatherwood, but we did get more for him. <laughs> we did These get more for him. We, did ass, we, we, we paid Leatherwood. Leatherwood like an extra $12 million to play against us. Is what we, we, got, we, got more for, we got more for him than we did for Leatherwood and Derek Carr. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, fucking fourth round. <laughs> it's fun roster management, isn't it? Uh, linebacker, only five. The coolest named group on our team. Fine Diablo, Robert Spillane, Luke Masterson, Curtis Bolton, Amari Bernie, uh, Thomas Darkangelo, and Mauga. Didn't make it. Yeah, I mean, again, we talked about Drake Thomas. Um I thought Drake Thomas looked really well in the preseason games. He played really well. He looked good. 
but I didn't necessarily hear his name pop out a lot during like the inter squad practices and 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 the the joint practices and stuff like that. Um, again, that last game was a game for you to, to you know you showcase you showcase yourself, see what you can do. Um, it's a bummer that he got signed to someone else, but it is what it is, man. It's, it's not like we kept guys that weren't as good as him you know we kept guys that we felt were as good if not better uh so yeah i think i think some of this stuff is a little overblown like oh my god uh, the sky is falling because we didn't keep an undrafted free agent that no one else drafted in seven rounds like relax he uh he was a he was a top three surprise for me because of how well he played in the preseason um but he's also kind of like the least specialized so like bolton is really good at spe- like really good special teams and super athletic. Like there's a high ceiling there. Um, Bernie, same thing. Super fast. He's like the fastest linebacker we have. Bernie, well, he's great in pass coverage, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's like, okay, I feel like maybe Drake Thomas, maybe overall better than some of the other backups, but not specialized in, you know, in a, in a very specific position. So I would like to rephrase that if I could, or attempt to, if you don't mind, you may. I think he's better at what he does well than the other guys, but I think the other guys are a little bit more versatile than he is. Yeah, I think I think he's a more finished product than some of the other backups. And with a more finished product, when they're not when they go undrafted, and you're a more finished product, well, how high is your ceiling? Well, it, and, well, and it's just so hard to like when it's one of our weaker positions, having someone play well in the preseason then not keep them. It, it's like. Again, not like wide receiver. We have a bunch of guys that play well. Like, it's a good problem to have a wide receiver. At linebacker, it just feels weird. Like, when I, at first glance, I'm like, well, he played really well. This is kind of, if he can't make our practice, our squad, what squad is he going to make? Then you dive into it and you're like, well, they want, they want specialized dudes with higher ceilings. And so you're like, well, I mean, look, you're you're looking at, you're looking at a guy who's a tackle, who's quick, a tackle machine, but can't cover. We just got rid of one of those guys in Perryman. Yeah. And we signed another one in Spillane. Who's bigger, stronger, has more experience? So it's See, like Perriman, Perriman got waived. He's not on the roster either, bro. Look, it, it look. I, I keep, I keep, I, I try to keep calm about this stuff, but we're like, why did we let Perriman go? Perriman got paid less than uh, than what we paid Spillane. Well, we offered Perriman what we offered Spillane, and Perriman shit on it, and then no one else offered him anything. <laughs> And then he took the, the 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 only deal he really had, which was with the Texans. And then he didn't make the squad. So everyone, let's just chill, because everyone wants to be a freaking you know armchair GM and know exactly what they're doing. Just fucking relax. Just relax and let this shit play out. You're so forgiving of this regime. I love it. It's Shut up with being, what you think it, and just trust them. It's not okay. about being forgiven, forgiving of the regime. It's yeah. about knowing where we are. Because look. On paper, and I don't understand it's on paper, but we have a lot better roster than we had last year. With the limitations that we have of the shitty draft capital that we were dealing with coming in, and also Whoa, we had a full draft capital. We just chose no, no, no. To use the first our active our active draft yeah. capital. We were the we're the worst in the league in active draft capital. Okay, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. I, I get what you're saying. That Not actual and, draft and pick, the, just what was yeah. yes, and the dead cap. I think with those restrictions, I think they've done a pretty damn good job of boosting 
uh, of bolstering the competition on the team and making certain positions better and deeper. It's not perfect because it's not like a clean slate where you can just – it's not like it's you're playing Madden, you're able to be a GM, and you have a clean slate, no dead cap, no nothing. It's, it's, it's not that. But I think that we need to see it on the field. And I think that when people just get up in arms over, you know, trading away a fourth-round pick and, you know, releasing an undrafted free agent linebacker, people go up in arms about that. It's like, dude, just fucking chill. Of the – 54 place, uh, players that made this, like obviously 53 plus Jacobs. Only 15 were around before Ziegler and McDaniels. I mean, this is their yeah. roster. Yeah. It is, it is their, it is their roster at this point. Right. And yeah, there's a little bit of, um, you know, there's some dead cap stuff, not crazy dead cap compared to other teams. It's about average. So this is, you know, it's less, it, it you are right in that. Okay. They've set up, they've, they've, They've made their bed. Now they're going to sleep in it. This is their squat, right? Last year, yeah. you can talk a lot about like, look, it was, you know, they, they, what they inherited is what they had to play. They made some, they made their changes and stuff. But this year, it's like, okay, this is, this is their roster. Now let's see what they can do with it. Uh, speaking of depth, cornerback, a lot of cuts, a lot of cuts. Nick Ziegler was like a uh, Homer. And when he was the captain of the football team, it's like, you're cut, Timmy, you're cut. Jimmy, I like your hustle, which is why it's so hard to cut you. Other than that, you're all on the team, except for you, you, and you. I hit the showers, except you, Bill, you're cut. That was them at cornerback. They kept Marcus, Peter, Jacory, and Bennett, Nate Hobbs, backups, Long, Faison, Robertson, and a couple a couple surprises. Uh, Webb, Brown, Cosby, Shelley, Hall, and Hearn. Six guys cut at corner. Um, again, it's... It's what we've been talking about. This this is the product of what we were talking about or what we heard from the very beginning. Open season, right? Get out there. Show us what you got. It's not the fault of anyone but the player if they're a better player than they showed in camp. It's the player's fault. If, if, the, if the, it, They were each given ample opportunity to show what they can do. If they didn't play as well as some of the other guys that they kept, that's their that's their fault. There's no one else's fault. Um, so we knew who the starters were going to be, and hopefully this means that Nate Hobbs stays at slot, which I think is his long term so. home. Which is it's looking it's looking nice. It's looking that's what I, that's I was like what I was hoping for in the backfield is like Hobbs stays at his slot position. Um, they saw able to stick around despite being hurt, so it seems like all right he already had enough like equity in his playability where they kept him. Webb played a lot um, last season, but didn't make the roster. Little bit of a little bit of a surprise. Duke Shelley played well and didn't make the roster, but it's kind of like that's what I was wondering: is like, is the injury to Brandon gonna knock him down for someone like a Shelley or a Webb to take over? But apparently, he played well enough last season where they didn't need to see too much of him in this preseason and training camp. Yeah, they, they, they've seen a lot of Brandon Faison, and I think maybe the injury wasn't as serious as let on. They're just like, all right, you're going to make the team. We've seen enough of you already. Let's just keep, get you healthy at, through this training camp and preseason. Um, Amik, Amik stuck around. Amik, like a, uh, he's, the, he's the freaking Raider zombie, dude. Like He just keeps coming back, even though presumably guys uh, you know outplay him and 
he has some rough rough games he just seems to keep hanging on you know he's he's a good he's a good story he's an underdog story guy's small i think he's like five eight under under 190 um and um he just keeps sticking around i mean hopefully he plays he shows more and plays better than what he did in the preseason safety uh starters marcus epstrom merrick your boy Palomao was able to stick around. Chris Smith, Roderick Teamer, and then they cut Johnson and Grant. No big surprises here. No big surprise. We're they kept five. Sometimes they keep four, but I think they, I think they liked your boy, Palomao. I think what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to move Palomao down into a linebacker role, into that three safety set that Patrick Graham likes. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that's where we see maybe the one less linebacker. We have the the safety where you kind of flirt back and forth mm-hmm. with that guy. Um, yeah, he's known to play. I mean, Patrick Graham's known to play that that three safety set uh, and have a box linebacker, which in this case would be Polo Mao. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, he's he's a playmaker. He was a playmaker in college. Uh, he 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 had a pick six, fifty uh, yard pick six against the Rams. Um, you know, people want to say, "Oh, yeah, I was throwing right at him." Yeah. Well, how many did we see throwing right at guys that they dropped? You know. Yeah. So he um, he he finished the play. They finished the play that was there. So we'll see, man. I think it's a good. It's it's if you if you know what you're looking for and you know like the history of the of the of the uh, the coaches, it, it wasn't a big surprise. And Smith is their rookie project. I don't think you'll see a whole lot of playing time, but they want him to develop. Yeah. And then specialists. I take it back. It's not the wide receiver room is the best in the Raiders. It's the kicking room. The kicking Daniel game. Carlson, AJ Cole. The only change here is Bobin Moyer coming in when they let Trent Sieg disappear. Um, hopefully that doesn't backfire in any way because those Trent was automatic. So I still don't know why. I don't know why they they changed our lawn snapper. I never read anything or heard them explain why. He he, he did. He committed a, like the most penalties out of the long snapper position last year. He, I don't remember that many, really. Yeah, he That's committed crazy. a lot of penalties. It was like seven I don't penalties. Don't remember that, huh? There you go. That's your reason. <laughs> yeah, if if, if you if you do one thing, if you do one thing, just snap a ball. Like you can't fuck it up a lot. You got to do it exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you sent me this this morning. Um, I didn't see it, so I'm glad you sent it to me. Stephen A. Smith was asked about Jimmy G talking about Trey Lance, right? This whole Trey Lance thing, it's such such a bunker situation where you trade It's traded so strange, three dude. Three first-round picks, you move up, get your guy, and now he's like third on your depth chart. The development, the honeymoon phase is over, blah, blah, blah. And so everyone and their mom has asked Jimmy G about it. And so in – this sort of scenario and this type of shows they're asking Stephen a about Jimmy G getting asked about the Trey Lance situation. So they're reacting to a player's reaction who to another player, to other players reaction. Anyway, here's what he had to say. My perspective is Jimmy Garoppolo needs to shut the hell up. Okay. Just shut up and play. <laughs> right. Okay. Nobody want to hear from you. He was asked this, this question, the, though. This is, this, this is, this is, I'm, no, no, I'm talking about Jimmy. I'm talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm certainly not saying that to you and Dan. No, I'm he was, Jimmy Garoppolo was asked point blank, what do you think 
no, of no, no, the no, situation. No. Been a lot of weird situations over there. I'm going by what he said. I'm not talking about him talking, literally talking. It's the words that he chose. First of all, let's understand who Jimmy Garoppolo is. He's a damn good quarterback when he's playing, but it's rare that he plays. He spends more time in an infirmary than on a football field, some would argue. Okay, if he ain't doing that, he's with porn stars on Melrose. On Melrose oh, that happened okay, one time. In California, okay, I'm saying that, 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 that you know of. I happen to oh, know a little bit oh. more than that. You know, that's why I call him porn star Jimmy. Uh, and, and, then when, and then when you got that going, then when you don't have that going on, okay? And then when you don't have that going on, you're missing throws in a Super Bowl that could have helped your team win. Let's be clear as to what I have said. I have been on the record saying this in the past, and I'm going to say this again. The 49ers didn't win because of Jimmy Garoppolo. They've won in spite of Jimmy Garoppolo. They were the number one ranked defense last year. My biggest pet peeve with this blow up, and I know you have many, but mine is the, I know something y'all don't know from a journalist when he's saying, he's like, oh, it was one time he was with a porn star. One time he's like, well, one time you know of, I know that there's more. It's like, okay, report it. Why would he air him out? He did. She just reported it. Why would he air him out like that? What? 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 He's not reporting it. He's saying like, wink, wink. I know there's more. It's like, okay. Well, that's the report. He's been with more porn stars than just that one. Okay. But that's, that's not, that's not reporting. The reporting would be who, what, when, where, why. This is where I heard it. Here's the evidence. Instead, it's just like, I know something y'all don't know. It just, it's, that's it my, doesn't that's make my any, it's so stupid, dude. This whole thing was idiotic. Stephen A. Smith just needs to go fucking go somewhere. It's like, dude, did Jimmy fuck his wife or something? Like, what the fuck? Why does he go so hard on him for we whatever reason? We should all be reason? so lucky that Jimmy would fuck our wife. God way. damn, dude. Happy like, wife, happy life. That's what I said. First off, he made, the, he made things personal, right? You have a, a player in Jimmy G. And, and, and first off, this whole... This whole thing about he had the number one defense last year. That's why he won. Well, no, I mean, you say you've heard it. I haven't heard it that much about Brock Purdy, who benefited from that same situation. It's like, oh, Brock, Brock, Brock Purdy's this and Brock Purdy's that. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but if you're going to say it about one quarterback in that system, you should say it about the other quarterback as well. I haven't heard yeah. any of that. What I, what I also, what pisses me off is a lazy narrative that the only reason he won was because of the team around him. Jimmy G is who I, who I mean. Well, before Brock Purdy, no other quarterback could win other than Jimmy Garoppolo for that team. So it's like, okay, I get where he's coming from, but he's just recycling the stale narrative that people have. And he, to his credit, he did say when he's, on the field, he is a damn good quarterback, which I believe he is. But the personal stuff about, I mean, that stuff didn't go anywhere. Well, he's a, he was with porn stars. Like, whoa, okay, so how does that tie into what Jimmy G was saying about the way they handle things up in San Francisco? He couldn't tie it in because all he wanted to do was talk shit on him. And it, I'm protecting Jimmy G like I would protect anyone else on this roster. It's it's absolute horseshit for him to go in there and just try to get clicks, try to get get views, try to start start trending for airing them out like that for no reason. There's no reason for him to do that. Well, I'll start with the Purdy stuff. I think it's been – I think anyone acknowledges that Brock Purdy is in the most forgiving system for a quarterback. And I think everyone knows that, and it's been talked about. But it's totally overshadowed – 
by Mr. Irrelevant rookie quarterback going, what do you go, eight and one or something like that, right? Like that's, it gets overshadowed. And you compare that to, oh, he was able to do this. And then you had Jimmy G as, you know, like a 20 something million dollar quarterback. You got a rookie, Mr. Irrelevant doing the same thing. So the idea that like, well, Brock Purdy's independent of the system. I haven't really heard that. Two, how shitty of a nickname maker is Stephen A. Smith? I call him porn star Jimmy. It's like, how about Jimmy G string? Way better. Way better nickname. Jimmy Vivid. Jimmy Vivid. Like, the, like, there's so many possibilities. God. Jimmy Brazzers. He talked about, he talks like an old guy who's never watched porn before. That's why I call him porn star Jimmy. I made up that nickname. <laughs> Good job, Stephen A. Um, J- Jimmy Hubropolo. <laughs> Something, man. Like, make it, make it, you know. God damn. It's just it, it just it just fell really flat to me. It just it was and, and, lazy. And what did, it was and what did Jimmy G say that was so inflammatory about the situation? He's like, yeah, it's you know a lot of weird stuff happens there. Like that's the understatement of the century. Three first round picks, you go up to get your guy, your quarterback of the future, and it's a total flop. You trade him to the Cowboys for pennies. Like weird is the nicest way to put it. Like Jimmy Look, G literally handled this with kid gloves. Jimmy G handled it like a pro. I, I don't think Jimmy G is going to be bothered by this. He doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. But take a look at what happened to Jimmy G last year. Pulling his face out from a porn star's butt. Heard it. He's like, ah, I'll be fine. And goes back down. I can't hear you from the echo. Sorry. <laughs> but it's like, come on, man. The team would try to get rid of him last year. They couldn't because he had surgery in the offseason. And they kept him even though all of training camp they were waiting for a quarterback to get hurt. They say, "Stay away from us. We're not going to give you a. You, you know, we're not going to give you a, a playbook." The first fucking game of the year, Trey Lance gets hurt. Oh, Jimmy, you mind coming back in and playing? Oh, you play really well, and then you get your foot broken because someone landed on it. Okay, now we move on to someone else. But it's like that's the weirdness he's talking about. How they handled that whole situation in the offseason with him not allowing them to practice with the team, not even giving him a fucking playbook during training camp because they they were so openly trying to get rid of him. Stephen A., what's your reaction to Jimmy G's reaction to a reactionary trade? It's like, oh, he gets hurt a lot and he does porn stars. Okay, great, good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> look, man, it's <laughs> one of them's a good thing. <laughs> look, I, I'm just not a, not a big fan of the hot take culture in in, in 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 sports news and sports entertainment right now. It's one of the reasons why I I, I can't even listen to ESPN radio. And I know you're part of ESPN, so I, I apologize. But dude, ESPN radio now it's like it's it's not it's not anything that that interests me. I would much rather listen to. Uh, guys uh, videos on Twitter like it, it beat reporters and like content creators and stuff like that I would much rather listen to that than these guys that are just doing what Stephen A does like I know something you don't know and I'm not going to tell you what it is but just know that I know more than you and hot take hot take bullshit bullshit and just try to get myself attention it's 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 idiotic dude Stephen A Smith is a fucking joke I see him being out of this shit soon because I hope people start getting as tired of his bullshit as I'm already tired of it. And it's not just him. It's Skip Bayless. It's all this hot take bullshit. Yeah, it is weird that uh, he's saying shut up and play. Right? Like, oh, you were the guy that was opposite of the shut up and play. 
just a few years ago. And now you're the shut up and play guy. Yeah, exactly. I'll say this to fucking name. I don't give a fuck. When when they were telling LeBron James to shut up and play basketball, Stephen A was outraged. How dare you? This is a man. He's a grown man. And he has a, a right to speak his opinion. Well, I mean, we know why, right? Fucking idiot, man. He's a we fucking know. idiot. We, we we know we know why he tells some guys to shut up and play and other guys not to shut up and play. Fuck him, dude. Fucking we, know, we know why, right? Okay. Whatever, man. Uh, so Josh McDaniels was on Bussin' with the Boys. Listen to the whole thing. Um, he had some cool. There's not a lot there for Raider fans. Like he had like some cool like Mike Vrabel stories from the Pats and stuff like that. Not a, not a ton of like Raider stuff on there. Um, but there's a couple couple things. Um, here's Josh McDaniels on the roster in general. I think Dave's done a good job of really you know. When you can't, when you come to a new place, um, you're trying to figure out, you know, who's there that fits your vision of how you want to play. That isn't an easy process to go through. And every time there's a change, there's ultimately potential changes that are going to take place on the roster, the staff, et cetera, because it's just not the right fit for how you want, how you see defense or offense or special teams. And so, you know, we've, we've had an opportunity to do such over 18 or 19 months here. We've changed over a decent chunk of the roster. You know, and that happens to every team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've added competition at most of the spots that we wanted to try to do that in. And right now we're having a competitive camp. Today was a competitive practice, you know, and, you know, we're, we're going to keep trying to push that as much as we can. But I think what we've done is we've added some younger players and some players from outside that we feel like have a chance to fit us really well. And now we're trying to blend them together. So this, uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about when we were talking about the, the, the Raiders 53 is all but 14 of these players are theirs, right? Ziegler yeah. McDaniels, like it's theirs. Um, and the other part is too, it's like, it could be a positive and a negative, but you see some like real, I feel like the best offensive coaches in football can take whatever their quarterback is, whatever their strengths is, and build an offense around it. I feel like that's the the, the most... <clears throat> offensively genius players because quarterbacks are so rare. You got, sometimes you just got to take what you can and, and build mm-hmm. something. Right. And so teams that can take like what Josh McDaniels did with the Pats, right. When uh, Brady went down, they went to run game for a while. Like he was so good. Like, all right, whoever our quarterback is, that's going to be our offense. Right. Mm-hmm. As a head coach, he's opposite. It's like, I have a system that I want to stick to. And you heard him say at the very beginning of that line, it's like, yeah, you come in you want guys to fit your system as opposed to me making a system to fit the players. So it was just another kind of re solidifying in my mind. Like, yeah, this is Josh McDaniels as a, as a offensive coordinator, super flexible. Josh McDaniels as a head coach, he has a vision and it's and his team needs to fit the vision, not vice versa. Yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of that. Um, I think also you need to have players. There's only so much you can change about your system before it stops being your system. Mm. Right. There's certain philosophies that need to happen and that need to be certain skills that need to be present um, that if they're not, it really throws off what you're trying to do with your system offensively. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest issue, honestly, that we had with Derek Carr last season was he's so used to running the offense from the line before the snap. Right. And and he's and it's a hurry up offense. Yeah. It's it's, it's a different skill. It's a different skill altogether where you can get yourself into the perfect play that you want. So you don't have to go off of your main read. 
Yeah. You make your main read your only read, and then you just dump it off afterwards. That's what we, we that's what, what I was saying a lot is, you know, he doesn't go through his progressions. It's his main read. He sticks on it a long time, and then he just dumps it off, right? That's not a Josh McDaniel system. The way his offense runs is the progressions is what gives you the perfect pass. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what Derek Carr's strength was, and that was the issue. Um, it, it, he's not going to change. I mean, he being Josh McDaniels, he's not going to change his entire system because the quarterback that he inherited doesn't do something well that he needs his quarterbacks to be able to do to run his system properly. So I, yeah. I get where you're coming from as far as – but there also needs to be some baseline of what the quarterback or what any player can do in order for them to kind of monkey around with the system a little bit. Because, again, if, if he has to change his system so much, it's like you're not hiring him to do what he you know, what he does best. Well, at, at this point, that's all behind us. Luckily so, right? It's yeah. his roster, yeah. right? It's, like it's his it's roster now, yeah. I didn't mean to, 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 dog, to dog on Derek Carr. That, that's, not, not, that's not what this was about. It was just the, the, the philosophical difference between what Gruden did and what Josh McDaniels likes to do. So I have a disease. Herpes. I have an addiction. And that addiction is I have this insatiable desire to hear people say amazing things about Max Crosby. I can't, <laughs> well, I can't get enough of it. That could have got so many ways. I can't get enough of it. I'm in back alleys looking for dudes. Just like give me a Max Crosby take. You remember it's that? Like, hey. You remember that Chappelle show episode? If if the internet was a place. No. You don't remember that episode? I've seen every Dave Chappelle episode a hundred times. He goes to the mall. It's like a mall. Mm. And this guy, this guy pops out and he's like, Hey bro, do you want the bigger dick? (laughs) 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 And then then like, you remember that? Yeah. And then brought Jeremy was there, you know, like, (laughs) come on, man. That was hilarious. That's me with Max Crosby. People saying nice things about Max Crosby. Like I I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. Um, Here's Josh McDaniels on Max talking to Bustin with the boys. Yeah. He's, um rare um you know this is 23 years for me so i've had a handful of guys that are like this but not many um you know where it's just every single day he can muster up the urgency the energy the desire the effort the competitive nature just every single rep every single day like you never have to worry if his car's in the parking lot at 5 30 because it's already there in the morning and he does everything possible to help himself uh, be the best player he can be to help our team. And he's also learning. I think this is really a cool phase for him. He's learning how to also transfer that to others, you know, and it's one thing to be able to do it on your own. It's another thing to try to infect the rest of your teammates with it and then get as many of those guys to do that as, as you can. So that's the next evolution of Max Crosby, right? It's like, okay, it's special enough that you get yourself super jacked, hardest worker, you perform, you deliver, you crush it. Like that, that alone makes you a very wealthy man, a very special player, and a guy you all want on your team. And then you cross that bridge. They always said Tom Brady was the ultimate teammate. Like he immediately made your team better by his example, by getting guys pumped up, by getting guys to, you know, to fall, you know, get in line, but in a good way, not a totalitarian, but a like, put your arm around you as like your cool uncle and get things going. Right. That was always a true leader. And that's 
what Max Crosby is in his own way. He's not a big, he is a raw, raw guy now. Like you can feel the energy, but he's more like, like what John Gruden said, your best players have to be your hardest workers. Have to. It has to be your hardest workers to set that example. You don't want these rookies coming. You gotta understand, like, you know, we watch a lot of football. We cover the Raiders. But when you've got some corner from Eastern Illinois that maybe hasn't followed things that well and he gets to the NFL and he sees a super lazy corner and he's the best on the team, you're like, oh, if you're a superstar, you can drag ass. You know, if you're a superstar, this is how you behave. This is this is how things work. Like, you can't have that on a team. No. And we've got your arguably your best player, neither Devontae or Max, but arguably your best player, and he's first one there, last one to leave, and he's infecting everybody else positively. That's the next evolution. And a thing this defense desperately needs, because what we lack in talent, it seems like we're going to make up with just fucking gusto, which is putting our huevos on the field, being aggressive, and just swarming. One of the clips that really stood out to me was Max was on the sidelines and the defense made a play and they were jogging off the field and Max is jumping up and down, waving his freaking towel in the air and he's yelling at everybody on defense. If someone makes a play, we all celebrate. Mm. Everybody. And that's that's that part of, of the culture that it can't be understated. Because like the, the the example that you gave, right? Not only does it does it tell the Eastern Illinois corner that you don't have to work hard to be good, it also tells him, well, he's already where he's he's already slotted. No one's gonna take him over. Like I can't work hard enough to take him over because he's not working hard because he knows he's got that job already. Well, when you have a guy like Max Crosby who comes in here, who is obviously one of the better players, if not the top what two, three edges in the game right now. And he's the first one there and he's the hardest worker and he's the most vocal and he's the one that's gassing up the guy that you know is going to get cut, right? To him, it's you're wearing the same jersey as me. You're my teammate. You're my family. Let's. This is what we have to do. This is what we do here. I don't have to tell you to do, to do it. I, I'm doing it and I, I'm making everyone else follow me. And and that's what I said about Tyree Wilson, man. Don't suggest to him, hey, man, maybe you should come join me, you know, early. Like, you pick his ass up, you throw him in your car, and you take him. And you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until he does start do, starts doing it on his own. And that's the type of leader that he's turning into. I didn't pull it for the show for time, but I did post it on our Twitter if you want to go to at the windbags. Um, but, Josh, it, like, it ties these last two things together. Josh McDaniels, because they asked him after, he's like, Oh, does he play real sound defense with kind of like a kind of like a smirk on their face? Like he plays, does he play real sound defense? Um, and Josh Allen is like, great question. No, because you don't want to pigeonhole a guy like Max Crosby, right? Like yeah. you don't want to be like, all right, yeah, you don't you're want to the C gap. That's it. You're in charge of the C gap. It's like no, let the dog off the leash, right? Within the scheme, you know. But you yeah. as, and that's he made a really good point. Is like and it was going back to how Josh McDaniels is pure system over player until you get a guy, a player who's over the system. He's Randy Moss as an example. He's like, yeah. we got Randy Moss at the, at, in New England. It's like, we're not going to have him running curls. And like, why? <laughs> like, go, you, you got Randy Moss. Runs. Do Randy Moss stuff. And so he changed the system for it. 
And that's what he's saying. And it sounds like the entire defense is going to run, run around Max Crosby next season. It's going to be like, all right, Max, you do you, and we'll build the defense around it, which is what you do when you have a exactly Max. Exactly what you do when you have a player Crosby. like that. Yep. You know, what, like, the reason why you scheme is because you have players that are limited. You're like, okay, Merrick, you're only good at this, so we're going to put you in that position to succeed. You do this well, so we're going to scheme to that. It's like, all right, Max, you do everything amazing. Dogs off the leash. Just go. And we'll worry about the rest. Like, they'll know, like, all right, maybe if you feel like going inside, our, uh, you know, our outside linebacker knows you got to be ready to go inside or outside because you don't know what Max is going to do. Because imagine what that does to a quarterback when you have no fucking clue what Max is going to do. But also, too, one thing that that he said that I don't know, I, I, I didn't hear you say it, but he said that as long as he communicates with his guys what he's doing, then he he has leeway to do what it, what he wants as long as he communicates. And that's, you know, I think that's something that uh, hopefully they've, the first team has kind of come into sync, kind of knowing and, and you know, knowing what he's supposed to do as opposed to what he's lined up to do. Um, with the Neil Farrell trade, let's take a quick look. and we, We'll do this quickly and we'll get to what up win bags. But I do want to, it's the only draft class of Dave Ziegler. Like we're still learning what kind of GM and what kind of drafter he is. We, we, we don't know. He's never been one, right? He's learning on the job. Um, so I think it's really important to A, I mean, it's always important to judge a draft class to see if it's good or bad. And then B, compare it to the subsequent draft classes and see, is he getting better? Is he learning? Is he finding a style? You know, what's he good at as a drafter? What's he bad at as a drafter? That kind of thing, right? It's So especially, it's like it's like grading, um, it's like grading Aiden O'Connell in the preseason. That's all we got. That's all we got that's so it. far. That's all we got so far. Two and a half preseason games, and that's – I know. are we getting too excited? Maybe, but all we have is stuff to get excited about, right? Could he flop? 100%. It's preseason. Oh, yeah. But all we got is this, right? Um, can Ziegler turn into one of the best drafters and best GMs in football? Certainly possible. But all we got really is, is one draft, and it's not great. Um, obviously, rounds one and two went to get Devontae Adams. No-brainer. That's Home run. done deal. No problem. Uh, the third pick, Dylan Parham, starter. That's a hit. That's a win. You're a third round pick, and he's a starter, um, and uh, and a flexible one, right? They think Star of day one, you know, one of the best rookie linemen in the league. Mm-hmm. For all we know, he was the best rookie guard in the league last year. Uh, hit, uh, Zamir White. This, he hasn't shown much, and we. It's hard to know if. Him getting no carries last season was just because Jacobs was playing fantastic. Um, they wanted to now they wanted to run the wheels off of Jacobs. It's they didn't plan on keeping him, so why not? Like why waste fresh legs when this guy's going to be gone? Um, it obviously, was great, right? He was the the focal point of our offense. We haven't seen great out of Zamir White, and for a third round pick, I would li- a fourth round pick. I'd like to see more out of running back. So far, not a good pick, I would say. Uh, Farrell, traded, flop. I mean, I say flop. Maybe you can be a little more forgiving. But um, he, he lasted as long as Leatherwood. I mean, that's pretty floppy. At a position of need. Butler just got waived. He got nothing for him. He was a fifth-round pick. He's back on the uh, He's back on the practice squad. Practice squad. Okay. So, yeah, didn't make the – the 53 on the practice squad. Uh, Mumford, 
He's a depth guy, but you know, six sixth round pick depth guy. More, I mean, you know, fine. Nothing, not good or bad. And then Britton Brown has he played a single offensive snap? He just played no. a little special teams last season, no. right? Okay. No. So so far, um, after the first draft class, not including Devontae Adams, which you need to count that, but for argument's sake, you got a starter and a depth guy. So far, yeah. not great. First draft class. Well, look, there. the general consensus is if you can get three starters out of a draft, it's a good draft. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I did some numbers over the last five drafts. Okay. Uh-oh. You ready? Mathing. Okay. The last well, five. It looks draft- way better when you compare it to uh, <laughs> the past draft class. No, no, no. Not our draft. Just drafts in general. Oh, okay. The last five drafts. And I'm comparing comparing this to Pro Bowl is just to show you the, 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 the players that reach heights, right? Mm-hmm. The last five drafts, 1,286 players were drafted. Out of those 1,286, 91 made the Pro Bowl. That's less than 1%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 160 players were drafted in the first round. 43, half of the 91 basically, were from the first round. Mm-hmm. Right? The first three rounds, 69. So almost, what, two-thirds? Right? Math. A little more than two-thirds? Yeah, a little more than two-thirds of the players that are drafted that are going to be pro bowlers. So lock, starters, guys that are producing at a high level in the first three rounds. So you look at the first three rounds that we had, we got the the best player in this position and a lock starter for 10 years. Not bad. Mm-hmm. Not bad when you look at it from that perspective. Yeah. That's why I'm not I'm not so worried about fourth round and on. Can you find guys? That's why I said earlier, yeah. If you find a Max Crosby or a Hunter Renfro in the fourth and fifth rounds, great. Yeah, you can find those guys. But this numbers show 766 players were drafted the last five seasons in rounds four through seven. 22 pro bowlers out of those 766 players. So it goes to show you a lot more dud than stud. We just happen to have two guys in the same draft in in, in 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 subsequent rounds, fourth and fifth in the same draft, who ended up being Pro Bowl players, and in Max Crosby's case, an All-Pro. So when you take a look at it from that perspective, yeah, that's what normal that's what normal drafts look like. Is yeah, you get you maybe hit a guy who's still on your team. Okay, you got Mumford still on the squad, White still on the squad, Parham is a lock start, Parham is a lock starter, and you know. Barring injury, he's going to be a starter for years to come. It it goes back to what I always say. Volume. Picks, 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 picks. There are bad drafters. There are bad drafting GMs. There aren't a lot of great ones. I don't think there's any. There's no GM that's like got a magic formula that no one else has. There's no, no GM's ever done it. It's just, that's what people always talk about. Oh, the Patriots draft so well. They have so many players they that they drafted. No, they don't. They just have they 10 don't. picks a draft. They've got a ton of picks. Belichick is just great at getting compensatory picks and knowing when to trade his guys away for picks. Like, that's what he's good at. Like, that's what you need to be good at as a G- GM. Accumulating picks, being smart with draft capital, not trade. Like, you know, we traded up when we didn't have to this last one. You know, like there's, that's what you don't want. That's what you don't want to fuck up. Trey Lance situations, right? Like that's. That's the skill of a GM is knowing the value of a pick and 
and executing accordingly. Not like, oh man, I knew this this guy in the fourth round was going to be a star. Like no one does that regularly. The ones that do it regularly are the ones that have three fourth round picks. Yeah, or, you know what I mean. Or get the guys who say it score. regularly, like Gruden, are the ones that are like shitting drafts year when after year. When you're reaching, you're like, that's our guy. I know uh, he's the so one. Whatever think, it takes, go get him. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that, that's that, where you feel. I think if we look at it from that perspective, we have a lock starter barring injury. What guards start for 10 years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's one he's one of the best rookie linemen in the league last year. Okay, he's a starter. He's gonna be a starter for a lot of a, a lot a long time to come. Okay, you got that. You got Mumford, who is a rotational guy, played a lot of snaps last year as a rookie. You would think he would get better. He was in the in the running for the starting job. We don't know if he got it or not, if it's aluminum, who knows? But you got a guy who's going to be able to be a high rotation guy and who has some uh, position flexibility. And then you use your first two round picks to get one of the best, if not the best player. You had six picks in the whole draft. Like you're not going to get six starters. It's not going to happen. Yeah, if you get half, you got half starters and one and 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 one of the guys the best player in this position, and the other guy is going to be a starter for you for five, seven, ten years. That's a pretty damn good draft, dude. This is just a great example of you need volume. That's it, right? And, and I, how much do you credit Ziegler for the Adams trade? Like it was gonna happen. Like you know, Adams wanted to come. Like he didn't. You know, whatever. Like how do you how how, how do you want to give credit? It's like giving credit to pull him out for that pick six. It was thrown at right at him, but yeah. guess what? He completed it. You, yeah, he like finished you, the play. Handed the layup and you didn't, fuck, you didn't it fuck it up, right? So there's you know, there's something to be said for that. But again, like if you're trying to rebuild the roster, six picks isn't enough, right? It's and again, you had to make the Adams trade. Done deal, like right? not a you know, no brainer. But I think that's less on Ziegler and more on theory. It's like, all right, you're rebuilding a roster. You need more than six picks. You need a lot. You, that's how you, that's how you win. And so that's what we're gonna have to see moving forward. Less about how how does Ziegler draft. Well, you do have to see that because you could end up with a Gruyock yeah. situation. But it's it's more important to me, and it's been proven time and time again. Do you understand the value of a draft pick? Can you maximize it? And can you swindle the other 31 GMs for things to go your way? That's what I care about most as far as roster building. Then there's contract negotiations. Ziegler still has a lot of work to do on that brand. But as far as just roster building in the draft, you got to understand the value of a draft pick. Yeah. And then well, everything, look, else, look. everything falls into place after that. Ziegler's doing the little things to be able to get himself more, more ammunition. He traded a guy that didn't separate himself from every anyone else, and he got capital back. He took on a play, an international player, and you get compensatory picks for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, we didn't talk about it because it, it just came out right before we started recording. But Josh Jacobs tweeted that there's no hard feelings between him and the Raiders. Everything's all good. And that's why I was saying from the beginning, I think this whole sep, you know, divide the locker room and fracture the locker room talk is a little bit overblown. Because I think everyone involved realizes it's business. So I think that Josh Jacobs and Ziegler and their camps, they realized what it was. This is just business negotiation. That's all it was. It's nothing personal. Now that he's in, you saw Ziegler freaking meet him in the parking lot, all smiles with the long hug. Everything's all good, and I don't think this is going to wreck anything for next year either. Uh, for them to try to maybe you know try something to sign us. I, I, I will say, and I've said it before, one of the best strengths of Ziegler is a, is a likable motherfucker. 
Like you asked, also part with busting the boys, Josh McDaniels talked about you know, how he brought Ziegler into the NFL and how he's like, he's never had a bad time with Ziegler. He's like just a great guy, fun guy. And that kind of ties in nice to McDaniels, who's like the robot. I just do football. He showed a little personality this in the in- interview. He's, a little he's bit adding a little, a little bit. A little, yeah. bit. Just a, little a little bit. bit. But Ziegler's the fun guy. That's why I always say, like, um, nobody, no fan dislikes Dave Ziegler, despite the fact he hasn't really wowed anybody with his GMing. Like, he hasn't done anything. I think he's made more mistakes so far than hits. But no one dislikes him. Everyone likes him because he's a likable guy. And that's, I think... It can be it can be rough in that let's say he does kind of flop and just doesn't have it as a GM as the season goes as the years move on, he might keep his job longer because people like him. But the positive spin is when things get heated with your players. I have all the faith in the world that Dave Ziegler can smooth things over emotionally. He's a likable guy. It's like all right, if this were Gruden, he could have gotten just like super pissed off at Jacobs and said fuck him, God, trade him for a fifth or like whatever, right? He could have flipped mm-hmm. out. Ziegler, it's like, hey, bro, come to my office. Made, uh, What's the issue? Let's talk. Let's you talk. hungry? Have a seat, buddy. How you doing? Well, How's look, the thing family? is, look, I think the more dangerous thing about Gruden was the fact that he was just a bold-faced liar, and people didn't trust him. We heard that a lot about, about Gruden, is he would tell you one thing, and then he just go behind your back and just do something else. Players uh, liked him, though. Players, players like No, him. players that were his guys liked him. There was a lot of players that did it, and, and I heard a lot of the same stuff. Now, if you're on his team and he gasses you up and he tells you what you want to hear, great, you like him. But there were those guys that, you know, hey, he'll tell you one thing to your face and he'll do something different about, or tell someone else something different about you than what he told you to your face. I mean, if that if that helps the team, then great, right? Like if you can get a, a negotiation, well, yeah. where it's like take my word for it. Ah, psych, gotcha, bitch. We're doing it this way. But uh, that's why I think Ziegler and McDaniel's personality-wise, I think I think McDaniel's did understand like there's kind of a gaping hole in my personality, and to Whoa. have someone like Ziegler be the be the guy. To He's a personality, right? Gaping, gaping. Ready to some what bags? Yes, sir. We, we, we. Nine Spartan 40. This is the first time in 10 years Soto is considering buying a number four Raiders jersey. <laughs> you didn't Got consider him. buying it after 2016? After that season? Uh, it was after 2017 when I was like, uh, you know what? Maybe I'm not yeah. going to buy a car jersey. This time last year, you called him a top 12 to 14 quarterback. Let's not forget that. No, yeah. Uh, I said it was average to uh, slightly above average. Thang Vu? Thang Vu 100? Uh, oh, wait, really, wait, before we move on, the uh, the uh, the Farva jersey. So uh, we have a shop now, guys. We are selling swag. People have been asking about it. We're happy to do it. We haven't even gotten ours yet, but you can go ahead. It's down in the store down below. If you're watching YouTube, it's on the link in the podcast as well. And uh, we've got the, the regular like, you know, Autumn Windbag logo on the T-shirt. If you want to just rep the show, it's great. We got a couple good ones. We got the logo that we got Farva number four on the back of the jersey. We got the Autumn Windbags face from Super Troopers. Farva's on there as the face. And we got some other ones coming out as well. Good Take stuff, it. man. It's going to be fun. You guys are going to like it. I think you're going to dig it. Hey, man, you can get it on t-shirts. You can get it on tank tops. You can get it on hoodies. You get water it on bottles. Water bottles. Chef, cum chef's rags. Aprons. Cum rags. All that stuff. Freaking... 
cum socks, everything. Thangvu one hundred. Uh, I was. I think this is from one of your. Um, this is from my live after the after the uh, the Dallas game. I agree with you that Terry Wilson was di- Terry Wilson was disappointing in his first show in the pros. Hopefully that will change in time. But usually, if someone is good enough to be a top ten pick, you should see something that differentiates him from the others, especially playing against the twos. As far as O'Connell goes, we need to see him play with and against the starters for a better evaluation. I I was uh, I was traveling during that show, so I didn't get to watch it. What were you saying about Tyree? Um, it's just that he he showed a little bit of rust. So one I responded to Fang and. Um, one thing that we have to we have to pay attention to, okay, because context does matter. This whole entire offseason, after he he um, hurt his foot in November, Tyree Wilson spent his time getting better, getting healthy, not working on the nuances of pass rushing. Okay, yeah. So we have to focus on that. Did he show like something that's to differentiate him from others? Yeah, he picked up a fucking lineman and just like pushed them 15 yards back. Yeah. Now, does he need to have more awareness? If you guys saw the drill where he picked that sled up and he tossed it to the side, that last toss to the side part is what he needed to do after three or four steps in order to find the quarterback. He didn't. I don't think we learned anything new, good or bad about him from the preseason. We know he's a physical specimen. We know the high upside and we know he's a project technically. And that's exactly what we saw for right now. All he needs to do is develop one move off of his bull rush. That's it. This first season, if he can develop one solid move off of the bull rush, that's all he needs because he's not going to be facing double teams, right? If any, if they're going to chip, they're going to chip on freaking Crosby's side or they're going to double team Crosby's side. Or There's, he's going to be pushing up the middle against guards, which is you know a win-win for us anyway. All of Raider Nation needs to make peace with the fact that Usually, even a, a sixth overall pick, even a guy drafted as high as Tyree Wilson with an injury, n- barely any preseason, no training camp, as a rookie, he's probably not going to produce this season. That's usually the case. That's usually the case, right? Khalil Mack had four sacks his rookie season. Dude, the, the Parsons of the world are one in a billion. Like that, that, like Tyree Wilson was drafted to be a cornerstone of our defense for 10 years, right? Him. Be prepared for him to have a two and a half sack season. Like that, if you look, we're all hope. Look, we're all hoping he's amazing out of the gate. We hope his learning curve is super fast. He did pull away. He did make some good plays against the run, though. Like, we'll that's, what we're, that. like, that's what we're hoping for. And there's and there's the potential, right? But usually, a guy that was drafted as a project, as a physical specimen who missed training camp, barely played in the preseason, they don't turn to Pro Bowlers out of the gate. That's that's not usually the case. So make peace with that as we're evaluating. Now, he can still flop, but make peace with that fact as we evaluate Wilson throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Keith Pardini, 9065. All this effing drama and what did he gain? Nada. And next year he may face the same thing, but at about 14 mil. I'm assuming he's talking about Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Well, he did gain, you know, a couple million bucks. He gained about 1.9 million. Uh, if, he, if he hits all his incentives, his incentives will look. It's it's eleven point eight guaranteed, and there's only two hundred thousand in like bonus or incentives, and those are roster bonuses. So if he plays in those games, he's going to hit everything. Uh, so it's it's looking pretty likely he's going to make the twelve million. Um, so 
Did he gain? Yeah, he gained. He got more than what he would have gotten out of the franchise tag. He got paid what he wanted to play in a per season, pretty much all guaranteed. So, yeah, he did get what he wanted. Next year, I don't think he's going to really care about getting franchised for 14 mil. I think he'd be probably be like, all right, cool. You want to give me 14 mil next season? I'll take it. So two seasons, $26 million, that's 13 mil a season. That's kind of what he was looking for anyway. I think it's a win-win, even if we did do franchise tag him next season. What he really gained is he got to not have to work all summer. Dude, they, 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 like <laughs> the fucking Raiders, <laughs> they've offered him this deal like almost a month ago. The same damn deal. And that's why there was no talks and nothing new. Remember how, like, Ziegler and Jay, oh, there's nothing new? Because the same deal was offered to him, like, a month ago. He's like, well, I don't want to go to training camp. I don't want to play in preseason. I'm just going to stay in shape. And what did I tell you? What did I fucking say? I said, the dead week before the season starts, that's when he's going to come back. That's when he's going to practice, and he's going to be ready for the freaking first season game against Denver. And that's exactly what happened. No, he came in a week early. You said the dead week. He came in a week early. He signed like on a Friday or Thursday of the week before. He didn't have practice. He signed on, he signed on Friday before the game on Saturday. So there was no I, practice until Tuesday. I think every almost every single person was saying he's playing week one. I feel I feel like that's I feel like I don't that's think so. I, I, all the like insiders, what, writers looking at such different things, man. I, I I'm, I'm talking in, I'm talking like writers, journalists, and insiders. Oh, yeah. They were all like, yeah, he's look, he's he's playing week one. Whether he comes in yeah. a week before, two well, weeks dude, before, he's playing week one. Being a martyr sounds great until you have to give up shit that you want. <laughs> it sounds great until I, I have to give up my money by not playing? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Josh is not doing that. Josh is playing. Yeah, he swindled the fuck out of the Raiders. He's like, yo, yeah, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. Guarantee my I don't. I don't get that. I don't get how you can say that they swindled him when he didn't have to practice with the team. He should have been practicing with the team, right? Like, 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 look. I mean, look, in a perfect world, we would want him to, but I don't, I don't necessarily call that being swindled. I think everyone knew what was happening. He got he got the W. He didn't he didn't get fined for missing preseason. He got he's gonna get 12 mil. Dude, if if I'm smart enough with my dumb ass to tell you when this whole thing started, when you said oh, how concerned are you? And I said zero percent concerned. I said Talk to me in the dead week before season one of week one. If he's not signed by then, then come talk to me. But it was, until then, zero concern. It was like it was every day from the preseason added 0.01 concern until preseason was over. And then that's when I'm just like, okay, then maybe there's something going on here we don't know about, right? Until but, then, uh, I was not concerned whatsoever. At, at the end of the day, he's coming, he's playing. He's getting a, he's getting a pretty penny. He's cutting under the salary cap a little bit, but. He's worth it. I mean, dude, we play. had to, we, we had the ten one already there. We moved around a little bit of money. We moved around some of Jones's money. We moved around some money from I think Miller, and we were able to get some cap space. That's how we were able to offer him that deal for twelve or eleven eight. And we get fifty four players on the roster for another like Ooh. day and a half. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it for us. Um, We'll be back. We'll be one day early again next week. Uh-huh. And, uh, we both have responsibilities. It'll keep us busy. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm actually going to um, Versailles today. Palace. Ooh. At Palace. Versailles. Maybe apparently, you can, on you. apparently you can rent golf carts and just like zip through like the vineyards at Versailles. That'll be fun. I mean, I'm going to try to get, to get kicked out, out of a French palace. I'm going to see if I can do that. I don't know if that's going to work out good for you, man. I wouldn't do try. that. 
I'm going to wear all Raider gear. Uh, oh, well. I mean, and I'm, I'm going to walk out like Randy Marsh from South Park. What do you arrest me for? Oh, this is America. Isn't this America? Like, Sutter, you are in you are in France. Well, this is America. Oh, this was, what are you arresting me for? Oh, this is America. I'll, I'll look at, I'll be, make sure to watch TMZ and make sure if you're on there or not. Scour. Scour the French uh, news sites. The French star, whatever the hell they call it. Until then, knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs>